it's not often that we have a show where we're not like focused on the UFC card besides like maybe when there isn't one, but usually like when there's a fight night, especially with like a main event, like the one that we had, which we'll get into in a bit, but like there was just so much like other stuff going on in like all combat sports this weekend. So if it's okay with you guys, we're not going to focus as much on the UFC. Like we're still going to talk about it, but like, we're not going to like go as in depth as we usually do about as many fights, but I don't like we could really start anywhere with this weekend, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't start with Canelo versus Triple G three, because like all the fans that like I've been seeing, like have been hyped for that fight. And like even the day of, you could really feel like the tension, like boiling, like everybody was ready to see it happen, even though obviously the odds makers agreed with pretty much pundits that. Triple G didn't really have that much of a chance as he usually would have because he is 40. <laughs> and Canelo is also in the that midst of his sense. prime. But I don't, that was just a great it – was, it was a great win for Canelo. I mean, he needed that on his resume, like, you know, really just solidify himself as better than Triple G, even though he might have waited a little bit yeah. to get that fight. But I, one thing I did want to, like, talk about, I don't know if you saw the scorecards for this fight, but, dude, like – so I'll read them out. It was unanimous decision, thank God. But, like, we've talked about this, like, how fucking boxing judges got to make it seem like it's closer than it is. 116 to 112, and then two 115s to 113. Like, what fight were they watching? Like, like that was as one-sided as you could get. Like, I think you could argue Triple G maybe won, like, two of the last three rounds, but that's about it. I don't really understand the, like, because we're all watching the fight, so what's the point of, you know, like, altering the scorecard and make it seem as if it was closer than My theory is just, like, actually record books. That's my theory, because, like, yeah, me and you know, but, like, 50 years from now, like, when we're not paying as much attention or something, and then, like, the kids are looking up you know, on Tapology or like oh. Wikipedia and they see the scorecards are like, wow, it was a good fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. But if you watch it, like, dude, it's, it's so weird because all their fights, besides the second one, the second one was scored pretty well. But the, the first one, even, I think that one was a draw. Canelo should have lost that fight. Like that was, a, that was one sided towards triple G in my opinion with that one. And then obviously the second one was probably, the, I think probably the best fight for Canelo because considering that Triple G was still like very good at the time and he got that win but man these scorecards man this is why we like the UFC and MMA better than boxing because like Canelo whooped Triple G's ass in there and somehow two of the judges saw it 115 to 113 like that's crazy to me oh, yeah so what it's so weird because I think we could like officially say that that might be it for triple g at least at the highest level but i don't know if you have any like ideas in your head but i have like a couple ideas maybe what could be like next for canelo after this i know you don't follow boxing as closely but i mean i agree with you in the sense like he needed like to get like this you know i guess just this name on his resume and whatnot like I've like Canelo is still very much like title or no title, champion or no champion. Like Canelo is still like top dog. Exactly. I think he still is the champ, by the way, because he went that fight that he lost against Bivol, he went up, so he went back down. And like I think, by the way, too, expert matchmaker. Yeah. So then now I it's more, you know, making a fight for you know looking a fight looking for a fight for him rather than him looking for a fight. Yeah. So. 
I think it's yeah. good. Like it, it was a smart move because, you know, the casual audience they're not paying attention to the fact that Triple G is like 40. So they see the name Triple G and they think of the first two fights. They're like, wow, like Canelo just lost and now he's taking a fight versus Triple G again, like his t one of his toughest rivals. Like this dude's legit. But, you know, if you really – and like I love Canelo, obviously. I'm a huge fan of his. But, you know, you look at like the fights sometimes that he gets, like it's very – easy to predict like what's gonna happen yeah, like this yeah. one basically went as i, I figured it sounds like i guess like if, it, if they are gonna throw another fight at him then he's probably i don't know it's really weird because maybe jake paul beating anybody but i i think like there's the only other fights that i could think of i know that there's the one uh one guy charlo he's another middleweight who's really good who can allow him fought probably be an interesting one and then what, there's like one other fight that everybody's like always calling for with Canelo. Is it like is it Benavidez? I don't even know. I wish I knew more about boxing. It's dude like let me see because or nah, actually I don't even know what's a remotely because like I'm literally just going off the guy's last name which I'm not even sure about. So they're just gonna act like I just didn't say that. But. I, I don't know. Like, it just seems that everybody that Canelo's going against lately, besides, I guess, Bivol, he's just outmatching them. Like, he's just a better boxer. He's got more power. Like, in this one, it was very apparent that the power was starting to affect Triple G. Later in the fight, though, Triple G actually didn't do too bad. It looked like Canelo was getting a little tired in there. But yeah. it was... You know, it was a good. It was a good fight. I mean, well, mm, decent fight. Not the worst I've ever seen. Not the best, but it was a good fight. Like in the sense that I was hyped for it. The pay per view production was insane. Always is with the zone. They really do a good job at making like a spectacle out of it. Although I will say that the fucking time in between the fights is like just crazy. I actually did buy this one, believe it or not. I've said I made that decision because I uh, the first Canelo Triple G fight was the first pay-per-view I've ever bought, like with my own money. And then I bought the second one too. So I was like, I owe it to these guys mm -hmm. to buy the third one. And so I did. And it was pretty good. It's just, you know, geez, like we don't need as many previews of a fight that we already yeah. bought. Like I, I said with the UFC too, like, like, why are you selling me the fight? I already bought the pay-per-view. <laughs> but anyway, I think that uh, the only other thing that I wanted to mention from that card is I just happened to watch the co-main event because the UFC ended in time and that fight was a war. So I don't have much to really say about it because I know that you probably didn't see as much with this as you did the main event. But shout out to Jesse Rodriguez and Israel Gonzalez for putting on a fucking war out there. Jesse Rodriguez got the win by unanimous decision. 118-109, uh, 114-113. By the way, how the fuck do you see that? Well, actually, then again, I said it was constant action. I don't think I've ever watched a boxing match where they just had like – more time just in the pocket just throwing hands like i was enjoying the hell out of that shit maybe that's why the scorecards for this one are a little weird but yeah, yeah. One, 118 109 114 113 and 117 but all rodriguez nowadays you see like you know everyone's just a lot more like just calculated and like sticking to like game plan and, and technique and rightfully so but man like to just scrap like that two guys are just leaving clearly leaving it all out there just, and they know they know what they're doing too like the, these uh eddie Hearn and, like matchroom boxing like you know it's hispanic heritage month like you ever know canelo always fights at cinco de mayo and hispanic heritage, hispanic heritage month that's a tongue twister 
and like it works because that's like when his audience is like you know they're most hyped as it is and then yeah. you're giving them a canelo oh, fight yeah. and then obviously in the co-main like you got two I, i'm pretty sure they're both mexican i think i saw on their trunks so you got two mexican warriors out there just laying it all on the line in the co-main to set up this huge trilogy fight between canelo oh, and triple g a lot. good job by uh by eddie hearn and matchroom boxing i will say that but he's trying to get Anthony Joshua to fight Tyson Fury. Like, apparently, they, see, boxing headlines, I try not to read into them. Because they're like, Eddie Hearn says that Anthony Joshua has accepted Tyson Fury's terms for the fight. I'm like, but that doesn't mean it's official. So why is this news? Like, I don't care that, like, if so what, that Anthony Joshua said yes. Anthony Joshua just came off a loss that he made himself look like an idiot afterwards. I don't know if you saw that, by the way. Did you see the post fight of that? Because I remember we talked about the fight. But at the time, like, I hadn't seen the interview. Bro, he was, like, classless after the fight. He was, like, Usyk was trying to, like, cheer him up and, like, tell him he's, like, good. And he's, like, yeah, he's, like, but I'm better than you. He's, like, I should have, like, he's, like, I don't know what happened in there. Like, and he's, like, dude, like, humble yourself. You got beat twice by this guy dominantly. Like, shut up. Like, that's upset. Just shut up, bro. Anthony Josh. And he's, like, saying shit on the mic, like, overtaking Usyk's moment. Like, Fuck, fuck that guy. Honestly, I, I don't like him. Like, I didn't really like him that much anyway. But like, that really was the the finisher for me. So in a way, I actually hope he does fight Tyson Fury because <laughs> Tyson Fury will fucking beat his ass, and we know that. But I guess that'll be it for the boxing talk right now. So we'll go from striking to some grappling, and uh, we're gonna talk about a little bit about the ADCCs. And you know, I would say that we're a step above casuals for jujitsu, but we're definitely not hardcore. So we're only going to be focusing on just the crazy shit that Gordon Ryan was doing in there <laughs> because he was not only in that crazy super fight with Andre Galvao, which is like one of the most hyped up jujitsu matches I think I've seen as long as I've been an MMA fan. Um, but then he also like competed in his, uh, his own weight class and just fucking ran through the competition I mean, we were watching it. Just what, what are your thoughts on how Gordon Ryan just basically obliterated everybody in the ADCCs, including Andre Galvao, by the way? Because everybody thought that was going to be, like, the um, match. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, for that for that, for that match, for instance, like, you could have expected that to be at least, you know, like, somewhat closer than it was. But, I mean, as far as Gordon Ryan running through everybody, just, you know, one, like, don't matter how it gets done, like, he gets his hand raised then. I that's pretty expected at this point. Like, it just seems like, you know, he's ageless. And it's like, it's just, that's, when you have, when you have the skill set in the arsenal, like, just, just another level above everybody else. I think like, he's more than just one level can, above everybody at this point. Than, you can, yeah, then, as an, as an opponent of his, you can do all the talking you want. You can, like, lay out the game plan as much as you want. It's not until you get in there across from him and it's like, all right, like, you know, where are we, where am I going to attack first? Like, you know, how am I, like, dude, these guys are in there for 20 minutes grappling. And I'm like, like, you know, you got to worry about your And Gordon's on his back for like 10 of them. Yeah, like, that's... Like, Ryan just has all the boxes just checked off and it's like. And he's not even healthy. Like, that's the craziest part. Like, he's not healthy. Like, it's like 70%. Yeah, he's got like can't beat bad stomach problems. 70%. And how old is he now? He's like, oh, he's like 25, dude. He's really young. He's, let me see. I'll look it up for sure. I don't want to be that dead wrong about it, but I'm pretty sure he's in his like mid 20s. 
He's 27. Oh, my God, dude. He's, so, yeah, dude. He's just entering he's his physical prime. Dude, not even 20. Yeah, exactly. And you're already considered, like, the GOAT of your field. Yeah, definitely for Nogi. Like, jujitsu itself is, like, you know, that's a definite, like, longer conversation because you got, like, a bunch of the Gracies. And, like, I'm sure there's way more people that me and you don't know about. But yeah, no, 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 Nogi, like, who's done what Gordon Ryan's been doing? Like, because Nogi wasn't really a, as much of a thing before, like, 10th Planet and, like, Eddie Bravo. Like, he really made it, like, into a I competition mean, yeah. that people like. Yeah, and it's, you see why it is what it is today. Because, you know, everyone can really slip in and gee, like, just get that opening. Like, it's that easy. But it's a different, like, exactly. game, too. Like, you got the, gri- the grips on, like, the collars and the sleeves and all that yeah, stuff. It's but... just so much more, like, just savvy, I guess, in there. Yeah, you definitely have to be a lot smarter because there's more, like, because obviously you get choked with the gi, like, which is not something that happens exactly. in no gi. So Gordon Ryan has definitely cemented his legacy as one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever. He's the greatest I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I mean, he is for me, too. The only reason why I just have the caveat is because I'm like, I'm sure – that some jujitsu head knows some more than we do, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Actually, well, 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 we'll just leave it." But Gordon Ryan's definitely the best of well, modern. It's all said and done for Gordon Ryan's career, I, I don't think anyone can really deny him. Hey man, he's at 27. He's already being talked about, like you said. So that's impressive. I mean, like he wins by rear naked choke uh, against Galvao. And then you also look at the final versus Nicky Rod. Like, he'll hooked him in, like, I think a minute. That That's just unbelievable. Like, this guy is so much better than the next it's like, best. It's insane. Insane. It's like, how are, how are, as, a, as an opponent of his, like, how are you going in there looking to beat him? Like, are you just trying to just out-grapple him for 20 minutes? Or are you trying to – I don't think – how are you going to look to finish him? Like, he's going to kind of counter for everything. I just so, wonder how confident they truly are coming in. Like, because there's definitely some that are just showing up for the paycheck. There's probably some that might I mean, think they're like, going to lose. They want to learn. Can talk, you can talk all the talk you want and lay out the game, like, lay out what you're going to do. And, like, it looks, you know, in your head, like, yeah, like, this is exactly how I'm going to go out. And, like, no one's ever done this to him. Like, I'm going to be the first. And it's not to them. It's like, oh well, you know, he has counter for that too. And now, yeah. when you know it, you're on, you're on your back, and he's all over you, and he's gonna finish you in like the next five minutes or so. Yeah, it's not, and not even like discounting like all the crazy wins he got in the tournament, but like just going specifically to the Galvao fight, like the way that he just like, because like I said, everybody was hyping this up. Like this is gonna be the guy who's gonna give Gordon hell in there, and like. I don't know about everybody, that's for sure. I think it was probably like 50-50 from what I'd seen that like people thought – some people thought Galvao would win, some people thought Gordon, but I'm like, okay. I haven't seen people say that about Gordon the whole time I've been an MMA fan. So that's why – because I know he's lost, but it's been like fucking forever. Like the whole time I've been watching MMA, he hasn't lost. So just watching him like just dominate Galvao. Like, you know, we were talking about like Galvao's wrestling might have been a little better, but even that – couldn't do anything like Gordon Ryan basically pulled guard when Galvao took him down and then eventually like when he was on top of him the top control was fantastic and everybody thought that Galvao might be able to do that to Gordon but nope like this dude is truly the king as as they uh as they dub him and it was cool to have Bruce Buffer there for that and you saw me I closed my eyes when Bruce Buffer did uh Gordon Ryan's intro because I was like god I wish that was in the UFC but if we ever do see Gordon Ryan compete in MMA, it will be in one championship, which is completely fine with me because one championship does a good job. But he'll be grappling over there either way. But with that, uh, 
I was about to get into the fight night, but I feel like this is too big to like not cover. So fight night happens and all that, and then all of a sudden, boom, Jose Aldo retires out of the, well, not really out of nowhere because Marab kind of said that he told him in the cage that he was done with. I, by the way, did not like Marab saying that publicly. Like that should oh, be between. What? Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. He said that to Ariel. He said, "Yeah, they, we were talking in there, and Aldo said that that was his last one." I'm like, "That's not you. You you can't." Like, how are you? I, I like Marab, obviously, but like, Aldo's earned the right to announce that himself. Like, why are you going on Ariel and just fucking saying that? And that was like a couple weeks ago, whenever whenever they fought. It was the week after, and then now obviously now Aldo announces it, and it's also the same day too. He gives birth, or his wife gives birth. Uh, I think it's. Well, I don't know if it's their second kid or third kid, but yeah, they, he made like a post on Instagram and he was like in tears, like watching it, like good for him, man. Like he's earned it. You know, he's done everything been like the definition of been there, done that in my opinion. But what would be uh, your parting words, I guess, for Jose Aldo and his career? Like what, well, what's your take of, on all this? He's one of those guys you don't think is like really ever going to retire. Like it's almost like you just go on forever, just keep bringing the most brutal leg kicks to anybody that they put in front of them, no yeah. matter what point of it, well, at what point of his career that he's in. But no, that caught me a lot by surprise too. It's like wow, he's like icon, groundbreaking. Yeah, it's like groundbreaking in a way. It's like exactly, he's been here for so long, has to you know. Even in his recent, his most recent run, like he's still hanging around with guys like yeah. Matt Holloway and just a bunch of story names. Like, man, yeah, he re- I really hope this. He, I really hope he does get his, you know, his proper due as like just one of the best to ever do it because he really is. You yeah. know, he's not, in, not just talking like weight classes either. Like I'm sure, like pound for pound, all time. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think he's in like my top five or six. Like. You look at all those legacy, you know, you you don't even like have to mention all his wins in Brazil, but you know, he goes in to the WEC in two thousand eight and he finishes all of his fights in I think that's what, how many in a row? He beat five people in a row by knockout. The last one being uh actually no, that's six. Never mind, I was wrong. So the fifth one though was Cub Swanson, who we obviously know, like in the UFC mainstay. That was an impressive win back then. Mike Brown, who you guys probably recognize from American Top Team, and he's now a coach. That just shows you how long Aldo's been fighting. And <laughs> he fought Mike Brown and he beat his ass too. But after that is when he fought uh, Uriah Faber. That was because he beat. I think he beat Mike Brown for the title. Because yeah, Brown beat Faber and then Aldo beat uh, Mike Brown and then Faber obviously tried to get the belt back from Aldo and we all know what happened in that fight. I've never seen a person's legs. Oh, I've never, I've never seen a white guy's leg black <laughs> like that. Like that was crazy. His, his leg was so swollen and messed up after that fight. I mean, if any, like I said, if anybody's never seen Jose Aldo versus Uriah Faber in the WEC, find a way to watch it because that will truly be one of the most brutal exhibitions of leg kicks that you will ever see in, yeah, in, in a cage. But after that, even like beat Manny Gambirian, uh, UFC debut. That was I think he was already he was already the champ. Like I think they might have made him the champ, like they did with Cruz, or it was him versus Mark Hominick for the title. But either way, he dominated Mark Hominick except for the last round because Mark Hominick did turn it up. But then he beat Kenny Florian, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, 
Korean Zombie, Ricardo Lamas, Mendez again. And then after that, he lost to McGregor. But before McGregor, he hadn't lost in like 10 years, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, dude, he's, like, these are crazy names that he's beaten too. Yeah, and like you even go past the McGregor fight where he obviously God, lost. Beat Edgar again, Jeremy Stevens, Hanato Moicano, Chito Vera, Pedro Munoz, and Rob Font. Rob Font will be his, fi- his final win. So, I don't think, yeah, there's no shame in that. Especially yeah. Rob Font and like still trying to like. How about Chito to too? Like, yeah, crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, he could have, like, this is a dude that could still keep going if he wanted. Yeah, like, I, you know, I'm, I will say the fight that got away from us that I'm very sad that we never got to see is him versus Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Because that would have been just truly an M- uh, old MMA fan's dreams watching that fight. But Jose Aldo is the man, dude. Like, I, I personally had him as the greatest featherweight of all time through Holloway's reign. Like, because the UFC, they love to just prop up the next guy as the best ever just to promote him in the moment. And I feel like a lot of it is that plus a recency bias. But Jose Aldo, like, you got to think, like, he hadn't lost in 10 years before the McGregor fight. And he still got his belt back after that. And, like... I think that Holloway is great, and obviously he beat Aldo twice, but, you know, he his reign wasn't long enough for me, and I get that a lot of his big wins came yeah, before he fought for the title. We're but talking, like, all-time Jose Aldo fights before the UFC. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I don't, it's just a tough debate. W, yeah, exactly. Those WBC days should not be discounted at all. Yeah, like I said, he lost to McGregor in 2015. He lost his first fight ever in 2005 and then didn't lose after that until the McGregor fight 10 years later. Like that, that's unheard of. (laughs) People got to realize how impressive that is. Like Max Holloway had a great winning streak, but Max Holloway did not do that. Like that, that's unbelievable. So I just, I, I always held him over Holloway personally. I think Volkanovsky now though is, I think he might he might the be modern, good now. Well, yeah, modern day goes for sure. I think it's still debatable, but considering that Volkanovski has a win over Aldo and now three yeah three wins over Max Holloway, I don't know that that might be a hard resume to beat to be honest. And Alexander the Great is like twenty something in one, so just like Jose Aldo, pretty much at that point. I think that uh, Volkanovski can definitely give him a run for his money if he hasn't already yeah, eclipsed him. Definitely. But, you know, we don't want to go too far into that. Respect to Jose Aldo. Great career. Definitely could have kept going. But, you know, we just had to obviously give a quick run through of his resume for the for the casuals or the newer fans who truly just don't understand how great this dude really was. But with that, we'll get into the UFC fight night from this week. Before we get into the actual fights, I remember you texted me this while I was at work, Aspen Lad missing weight again at 135. Just, I think she's got to move up to 45 now, right? Like, they got to force her. What, what do you think? Yeah, they should, they should force her. What is it? Like, the, how many times is this now? Like, three? Yeah, I think it's the, th- yeah, third time. Yeah, like, come on. And I'm glad, too, that I'm pretty sure they gave McMahon her show and her win money which is good because she she came and made weight, did what she was supposed to do. And, like, I don't – Aspen Loud is, like, she missed weight in, the, I think, the Jermaine Durandamy fight, which was her first main event, I'm pretty sure. Then she missed weight in the uh, one, I think it was Macy Chasson, and I think she blamed that one on her period. 
which is like, hey, I mean, who knows? But it's still like, I, I think it was either Misha Tate or Ronda Rousey, might have been both of them actually, who said pretty much like, even being a woman, like knowing that that's a thing that could happen, you sign the contract at the weight, you make the weight. It's no different just because there's another excuse in there. You like, because their logic was like, she should know her body and not book a fight during that time where she thinks she's not going to be able to lose the weight. But then you have this fight. I don't know if there's been a reason yet, but just you got to move up and wait, I think, at this point, you know, deal with it. Like, you can't miss weight and screw three three girls out of fight. Well, Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy ended up fighting her, but the other few, we, you just can't. Like, no way. I, I can't see this girl fight at 135. It can't be healthy either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But we'll get into the fight. How about that main event, dude? How about the whole card, actually? Because, like, the Just Bleed fans, like, they really won in this one because there were some fucking nasty cuts throughout this whole card. But the main event, just give me your take on it. I'll let you go well, first. With this main event and a co-main event. So that was, like, a good, I guess, way to cap it off. But, um, yeah, this is a fight I was looking forward to for a little bit now this year. I'm a big Corey Sanhagen fan. I don't think that's much of a secret anymore. But it was awesome. song, yeah, exactly. It was Sonya Dong's uprising too. Like I think this was a very like you know, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna say uh more one of the more underrated bandweight fights of the year so far. I very much would agree. It showed itself like it has now showed itself, and then um, but more obviously more in the favor of Corey Sanhagen, who I mean, just once again, dude, it's like. I think we talked about it a little bit before how like a cut a cut like that or some sort of injury like you just you put that kind of damage on a dude like that just that can alter like that just like that can alter like the rest of the, the entire rest of the fight and once it's like first round was like super like a little too close for me to score honestly yeah. I mean I, I, I personally gave it the song just because even they both seem to be landing near evenly but song was landing like much bigger shots yeah. and I know yeah, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much like I'm just using that to top my point. Like from there, like with round two, I believe Song Yudong gets the nasty cut over his eye and then it was just all Corey Sanhagen from there pretty much. And I mean Song, Song tried. Yeah, like Song, he, he gave yeah, it his best. Especially that last round was like a really like impressive too for him to like, you know, just yeah. make things interesting. But got takedown too, right? Yeah. So I you know actually speaking of takedowns, I was well I would say I'm surprised, but like looking back, like it makes sense that he would try to use this. But uh the way that Sandhagen was mixing it up with his wrestling, just keeping him on his toes, like just see, because I don't even think that he was doing that to really get like the takedowns. I think it was more just to like keep him guessing, like, all right, well he's already unpredictable enough on the feet. Now you have the takedown along with it. I mean, that's what made Dominic Cruz so good for so long. I think it's it was a good part of his game plan, even though some of the times it led to bad Corey scrambles. Sandhagen just has such like a such like a wide arsenal on the feet through his striking. It's like. Wow, it's like you don't really, yeah, you don't really know what's coming next. I mean, the flying knee's not really a secret anymore. He went for that a few times, but yeah, you know, that that'd be like my only criticism of him sometimes. That yeah, like that's true. That's yeah. lost him fights. Yeah, like in the past. yeah, we've talked about that too. How like you know he tries to get a little, you know, 
I guess, too flashy, and then it gets in, in trouble. Yeah, because Yanni's getting taken down every time. With, with TJ Dillashaw, he would be spinning, and he'd get taken down. Yeah. Like, in this one, it didn't seem to affect him as much because Song seemed pretty content to stay on the feet even when he was, like, losing at that point. But Well, yeah, but once he gets back into, like, that title scene and all that, like, you can't, you know, you got to limit that. So, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you look at the guys he called out, you know, definitely didn't just – it's good to not pick just one name. Give yourself, like, a bunch of options yeah. if there are them. So you got Marav he called out, Cheeto, or the winner of Yon. Because one out. guy you call out can lead to the next guy that you call out. And then if you get that guy, be him, then you – know. I just like it. It leaves exactly. his options open. Like, yeah. that way, if somebody gets booked, he's not like, oh, shit, well, who do I got to fight? Like, he thought it through. Luckily for him, oh, yeah. Dana White is also stacked, but <laughs> – the start, the you know, just the while, like throwing all caution to the wind kind of style, like it won't work against Marab. No, if he work. if he doesn't knock him out cold, which I don't think he would. I mean, I, these rest, yeah, these wrestlers that are just they're not gonna play around with that. Like they're gonna to make be honest, I don't like it versus Cheeto either, and Cheeto's not a wrestler. Cheeto, I think just he's just like I said it before. He just this guy just knows how to adjust to like. Very true. And just adapt to each guy that he's fighting. And so, like, I just think if Cheeto wanted to stay on the field, Corey Sanhagen, I could see, like, yeah, I could see a decision victory there. Would love to see Sanhagen versus O'Malley. Because oh, that would be a striking masterclass to watch in there. <laughs> got a ton of eyes on him, too. Yeah, like, I would love to see it. On O'Malley's side, but just. It's a good co main event for, like, a pay per view. Yeah. I like it a lot. That'd be a lot of fun. He just he looked incredible in this fight. Like I think he really put himself right back yeah, in the title contention. See, right, that's good to see for sure from him because he's still like yeah he's like, he's still very much like one of the top. It's just you know like you really want to. Those losses like, were close. Yeah, I mean the TJ really, fight you could all, I thought he won personally. To this day, I still think he won that fight. I mean, Damage yeah, it's just it's control. just an experience thing, really. Yeah, I mean, he'll just, get there. The more experience he gets under his belt, the better it'll be. Hey, I mean, even this fight, he made the adjustments because in the first couple rounds, Song was like really penetrating his guard, and like Corey was putting himself in the uh, boxing range without putting his hands up, and that's what was leading him getting clipped. But eventually, he adjusted, kept his hands up as he was going in, or just stayed out and used his kicks. Just great performance, masterclass on the feet, honestly, mm. from round like mid round two on. <laughs> Because he did get, like, I don't know if you saw that, he kind of got, like, dropped a little bit early in round two. Like, he, he, I don't know if he dropped him, but he definitely stunned him. And he, like, sent them falling back a little bit. But after that, it seemed like Corey just kicked it into high gear, and that's when it just, the whole fight changed after that. Which speaks to Corey's resilience, by the way, too. So, I'm intrigued no matter who he fights next. I don't want to see him fight Marab, though, because... That's a scary fight for him. I, I don't know if he can if he can win that fight even at his best because Marav is just a different beast against strikers. Cheeto or O'Malley though would not mind seeing. I don't. I'm not there yet for seeing him versus Jan again. As great of a fight as that was, I feel like we might be able to see that for a title at one point. So save it. <laughs> but the co-main yeah. event you mentioned that Gregory Rodriguez, dude, like. We're talking about songs cut, and obviously that ended up stopping the fight after round four. You know, Corey won by TKO with Dr. Stoppage, but Gregory Rodriguez, that might have been one of the worst cuts I've ever fucking seen in there. He had like a unibrow, bro. Except this, it's the other way around, and he freaking 
got the job done. Like, what? <laughs> Went crazy on him, dude. That was nuts. And, like, when he got him down and he was just literally just throwing those bombs from top control, I was like, no way. He's actually going to finish this fight. But uh, that's what happens. I mean, it was a crazy first round because, obviously, Chidi hit him with that knee to open up the cut, and it stunned him as it was because that knee was fucking huge. Like, people got to talk about Gregory Rodriguez's chin, I think, at this point because – Julian Marquez, remember that fight he had with him? Like, you know, he was piecing Julian up, but then Julian hit him with some bombs. Like, how long is it going to take for Rodriguez to get a shot at somebody in the top 15 at middleweight? Because he's just beating, like, I feel like he's beating everybody, like, around that top 15 range, like, just under it. Like, these guys who are up and coming just like him. But what else do we need to see? I mean, I, the Julian Marquez one was enough for me. This one just solidifies it. You just gave him a co-main event, too. Exactly. Know, so I think, yeah, there should definitely be something in store in the top 15 for him. Let's think about these middleweight rankings now that they've changed a little bit. Da oh, yeah, we were talking about Darren Till the other week. He got, he's got that fight now versus Dreykus Duplessis. Yeah. That's a good matchup. I like it. Maybe Brad Tavares or Chris Curtis. Be an interesting mm. one. I love to see him versus Chris Curtis. I'd be actually yeah, not, even cool. Brad Tavares though. I'd be fucking war because those guys both Hopefully, come to scrap. Yeah. I think I'd rather see Tavares honestly. It's close. It's very close because Chris Curtis is fucking insane too. And I, yeah, no, I, I don't know. That's a tough fight. Tough fight to pick. I agree though. I think Tavares actually because isn't Curtis coming off the loss to Hermanson? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to see him fight another tough dude like that. I want to see him get another good Brock striker. Tavares, I believe, is coming off of like a great fight in the ring. So. I think. Yeah, you might be right about that. Let me see because I think I can just click on his name if I'm not mistaken, and it'll tell me like his last couple fights, few fight history. He just. That's right. He lost the decision to Jaikus Duplessis. That was a great fight. Remember that fight? He had him hurt, I think, like later in the. I think, he, if I remember that fight correctly, Duplessis, I think that's how you actually say it, start, started off really well and then he got tired and then Tavares picked it up. I could be wrong, though. It could be vice versa. It's been a minute since I've seen that fight. Happened in July. So, got to give yeah, us some slack. I feel like a Chris Curtis fight could end as fast as this one, like this did, or whereas a Brad Tavares fight, I just think would has all the potential to just be three round war. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this guy now. By the way, Gregory Rodriguez, like, at, like I knew who he was obviously coming in because of the Marquez fight and even the fight before that, I kind of remembered, but. Now I'm like I'm at the point where I'm looking forward to seeing this guy's name on the marquee next time because it's just constant action. Like I love watching him fight RoboCop, man. But good for him. I mean, like you said, that cut was nasty and that has the potential to change the trajectory of the whole fight. For him, he used it knowing that his time was probably limited in there. Yeah, they even said before round two that the doctor was, you know, give him a short leash. So he knew that. And he executed, got <laughs> executed, cheaty. Honestly, that's how I would put it. Yeah, cheaty, no Juquani. I mean, he looked good in round one, but 
round two was a whole different Bro, story. With Song and Dong, like Song, like I don't like this wasn't. I don't think this was some lucky shit. Like he clearly won by ground and pound to kill all that. Like yeah. Song and Dong, I think Song and Dong would have needed that lucky shot. Yeah, he would have had to crack him. Yeah, first thing hanging down and then finish him that way. But, yeah, or he'd have to try and submit him, which yeah, is hard. Dude, that cut was just too bad, and Corey yeah. had you know, Corey was in full control, so that was a good stoppage. Yeah, two killers in there with the main and co-main event winners. But the only other fight I kind of wanted to talk about on this card was uh, my lock of the night. You know, we, ha we haven't been doing that, obviously, as regularly on, like, YouTube, but we still post it on social media if, like, we feel the urge. And, you know, I saw Javid Basharat's name in there against Tony Gravely, and I was like, there is no way that Javid loses this fight. <laughs> because Tony Gravely, like, he's he's great wrestler, doesn't use it as well as he could, probably. And... Besides that, though, he's just always just looking for a scrap. And I was like, Javid's style is similar, honestly similar to Corey Sandhagen's in the sense that he's picking him apart from range and his range management and his footwork is just yeah. incredible. And that's pretty much what happened. Like, he outstruck him. He outgrappled him, which was kind of unexpected, but he did. It's just out mma him, as I say. It's, it was just a good win for Javid Basharat, and he's 13-0 now, and he's a bantamweight. So, as if we as if we needed, like, another yeah, right. rising star at bantamweight, now we have this guy. And he speaks sure. well. He talks a little bit of shit. I like it. I like it. I don't know who he called out after this fight, to be honest. I should have probably looked that up before this, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've been impressed. I don't think he should be in the top 15 yet. Because I think that one, it's just a log jam because there's so many great bantamweight <laughs> fighters. And Tony Gravely, though, like he's, I think this was like a stylistic type of opponent. Like they wanted to see how he'd do against a guy yeah. who could out wrestle him. Passed that test of flying colors yeah. and got my prediction pretty much right on the money. I said if he didn't knock him out, he was going to just piece him up to a decision win. And that's exactly what happened. So. Good win for Javid Basharat. His brother actually just got a win this week too on the Contender Series. So look for, look out for him, I guess too. I haven't I didn't wow. see that fight, but that's a good a good week for their family. I'll <laughs> say that. So a solid UFC fight night. Not the best. I mean, the Apex ones honestly for me nowadays, like the I I guess the factor of like hearing the punches and hearing everything that's kind of gone away for me, and I'm kind of just like eh, well. It's, quiet there's not as much energy as there i would want it to be so every time i see that there's like a card on the apex or at the apex it just kind of like makes me like a little bit less hyped because i'm like ah well there's not gonna be as many yeah. fans and that was kind of the case with this one and a lot of the fights too were like decisions too which obviously like the fans aren't getting too crazy for some of those and the energy for that card before the co-main and the main event just didn't really seem to be there for me at least and that's kind of why I honestly wanted to keep it at like a minimum for talking about it because, you know, we're real. We're not going to talk about something that we don't give a shit about. Like if there's a shitty fight, it doesn't make a difference. Like we're not going to just talk about something just because it was on the card. And especially on a weekend too, where the ADCC and boxing was going crazy like it was. Yeah. But overall, yeah, exactly. weekend. it's not like there was a shortage of other fights elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Even next weekend, like without the UFC, there's uh, Bellator on Friday, Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoof. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. That's going to be crazy. I'm sure you guys know enough about Yoel Romero and how he can end a fight in a matter of seconds. But Melvin Manhoof is a nasty kickboxer. He's had some crazy fights in the cage. I don't, I don't think he's 
ever been in the UFC. I think he was a strike force straight into Bellator. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a crazy fight. Two OGs of the fight game. Both could end the fight at any point. So can't wait to talk about that one on the next episode. But we think we have a pretty good idea for what we're going to do the next THH, even though there's no UFC. Mm -hmm. We'll keep it a secret for now. You guys will find out soon enough. We'll see you all next time.